Today, everybody, we got a very special guest on the show. My guest today is the owner and founder of Grind Athletics. He spent 17 years running a chain of commercial gyms, became the VP of sales and operations, started a side job of an apparel line, and left it all to start his own apparel line full-time, focus on his family, which the, the apparel line is taking off right now. This man is proof that a set of balls and being driven will get you to your goal. Where we got? I sought him out to get him on the show because of his message he puts out through his clothing line. And it's also a much-needed message in our world right now, and it always will be. I admire how he's a diehard family man. And also something else that some of the males need to hear in our world today is his message that he puts out. My guest is Grind Athletics owner, Tim Bamford. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Can you hear me, Tim? My pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Right on. Tim, so you spent 17 years running Gold's Gyms, and you started Grind when, like, how did that come about? Yeah, well, that's a great question, man. Uh, you know, I started working front desk at gyms at 18 years old, just working the front desk, you know, checking people in. And I fell in love with the fitness industry, mostly because I was in the bodybuilding and worked my way up from front desk at 18 to be vice president of 10 gold gyms, um, you know, in southeastern North Carolina area. The problem was is that I had nowhere left to go. I had reached the top. You know, I was running this guy's business. 10 gold, living on the road, living the dream, driving a Cadillac Escalade company car, managing 30 people, uh, 30 managers, 475 employees, you know, 40,000 members. Yeah. And I was at the top. There was nowhere left to go. I mean, I, I maxed out my career. Yeah. Comfortable life. Um, but I decided that, man, I had a lot of what ifs to answer. You know, what am I going to be a, a vice president of gold and make? six figures plus that's a good life but there's more I could do and I didn't want to be an old man being that guy that has regrets talk about what I could have been so yeah I started a side hustle really just for something else to do on top of 90 hours a week because work is in my blood so I started grind and rolled it out in my 10 gyms and through North Carolina and uh 15 months later it got enough legs for me to say you know what I can eat shit for a while and I can put all my emphasis into growing this brand that's I dipped my toes in. The water felt good. So I jumped in balls deep. That's awesome. Tim, uh, now I wanted to ask you also because I know you, did you meet your wife in the gym? I did. I did. I was a manager of a gym and uh, she was a group exercise instructor. Just like I did a post about it. This really pretty girl used to come in on this Harley, right? She'd <laughs> come right. in and like, she had a <laughs> cheetah. Yeah, she had a cheetah print helmet. You come in these jeans, these shit kicker boots, you know, real muscular girl. Not not like overly, like she wasn't even trying to be big, but she had such great genetics. And I always chit-chatted with her. I was married at the time. And uh, I was like, man, that girl's so hot. I suck she's a lesbian. You know, I just thought she was. And uh, then I found out she had a boyfriend. So we, we became friends. I was married. And uh, oh, she Jim. was with the guy. And uh, when we started, the first time we connected up, she called me married Tim. And I called her. A lesbo tailor. <laughs> like, anyway, but yeah, man, I've kind of, you know, Fucking when you're me. working in gyms for 90 hours a week, 
I guess that's the pond you fish out of. I don't think I've ever dated a girl outside of the gym in my life. Really? Dude, yeah, and, and she yeah. seems like she's an awesome partner for you, man. You guys, from what I see on your uh, Instagram and your business and stuff, and you guys kick ass together, it's really cool to see that. I admire it. Total opposites, man. No, thank you. I, if I was married to myself or the female version of myself, I think either I'd be buried in the backyard or she'd be buried in the backyard. <laughs> we are complete polar opposites, man. And oh my thank God, because that works. That's awesome. So, Tim, I also wanted to talk to you about, I love your Instagram posts, and this is why I I started following you, and I, when I started the podcast, I was like, man, I got to talk to this guy because I love what you're all about. And I saved them on my Instagram. And the one that you posted about being self-reliant in business, dude, that hit home because you told in your post, you said how, like, all you got you guys cover all aspects of your business. You guys do everything, you and your wife, from sewing, doing the shipping, all that stuff. Dude, and that goes a long way. I mean, can you explain, like, you, you just went in, feet first into this or head first I should say into the into this aspect of the bit into the whole aspect of the business and figured it out as you went yeah you know all I had was a passion for for apparel you know I think clothing is an expression of your soul I, I think we can all agree we feel our best when we're wearing what we like you know I put on an old pair of jeans a beat up t-shirt a pair of boots I'm like all right I'm myself I'm in my skin I could be myself so Ever since I was young, you know, it was always like the skate rat style, you know, ripped up jeans or, you know, cargoes and a flannel tied around my waist and a wife beater and a beanie. And it was like, so I was just, I remember I was floating in my pool one day and I was like, all right, side hustle, Tim, side hustle. Let's make some more money. Work is in your blood. What do you want to do on top of these 90 hours with the gyms? And, you know, I kept telling my employees like, yo, man, we grind. We're going to grind to win. We're going to grind to win. And I was like motherfucker that's it the grind athletics i remember i literally jumped off my raft in my backyard pool ran in the house i was like told my wife i'm like i'm starting a clothing brand she's like okay and uh man that was it was born and i just jumped in hard it just full force and you know i didn't know shit really? but guess what when you have a burning desire to win you'll figure it out along the way and, and i honestly i knew nothing brother i knew nothing i literally remember googling how do you make shirts? I was like, hmm, screen print, heat press, heat transfer. Like, wow. how do I do this? I mean, bro, when I tell you I knew nothing, I mean, I didn't know a damn thing. I didn't even know. I never even had a social media page. And people are like, yo, what's your Facebook? I'm like, Facebook? I don't have a Facebook. Just call me. You know, <laughs> I, if you want to talk to me, call me. Like, we don't need to exchange social media. What the fuck do I need a Facebook for? That just wasn't me, man. Dude, freaking awesome. This is, this is, man, this is awesome. I love what you're about. I really do. And it gets me excited that there's, you, you're going to, I think that people get inspired by you and there's a generation of people that, especially men, I would say, that you inspire that self-reliant person and, you know, not someone who's who's a victim mentality, which there is a lot of people that have that right now. And I think you're one of the opposing factors to that. And I think that's really cool. And I really appreciate it. Well, I mean, we can see it in this world. Like right now, there's two types of people. There's dependence and there's independence. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get off topic of politics. No, but, it's all right. You know, the government should be should, the government should be protecting us from all enemies, foreign and domestic, where, in fact, I feel like the government's our enemy lately. Yeah. And they should be building infrastructure, you know, roads, things like that. But the problem is, is that everyone's just, what is the government going to do for me? Motherfucker, what are you going to do for you? 
That's, that's true. the mentality I have. And, you know, when times get tight, when times get lean, you know, I couldn't afford I, – well, let's say I could. When I left Gold's, I had a good amount of money in the bank. Yeah. The thing is that, you know, give a man a fish, you feed him for the day. Teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. I think, if anything, this coronavirus is teaching people what it means to operate lean. You know, I've never hid the fact that I run a million-dollar-plus year grossing business out of my home. Unbelievable, and dude. Unbelievable. That's awesome. I don't think, like, you – yeah, well, thank you, man. You know, I use the term playing business loosely because – Certain things in business, when you get large, you, you've got to scale. Yeah. But you don't need a warehouse to get started. You need just a little space in your house. Even no matter what you're selling you know, or what your business is, you can start small. I see so many people right now scrambling because they're you – know, when you have a team, it's great because you're, you're feeding mouths. You're feeding people. You're supporting families like – I see a lot of big business like Annie Frazella. He puts a lot of people in employment and yeah. he's feeding families and that's awesome to do. And I just hired my first girl. Awesome. You can bet your ass. Like right now we're quarantining ourselves. Yeah. I had her work in my garage yesterday. I said, you can't come in the house cause I have kids and I don't want to put either of us in jeopardy. You know what she did? She folded shirts for eight hours in my garage yesterday. Cause it's that much. It matters that much that I'm feeding her. But th- the problem is right now with this virus, People yeah. are, are they're having to, they're, they're in the oh shit panic mode. Like I've got this $3,000 warehouse. I've got a graphic design team. I've got a social media team. I've got a website designer, a videographer, a photographer. Yep. And you're looking at like all these things. Well, when you get lean, you're like, okay, I can't hire a photographer anymore. Well, I guess I got to figure out how to take a picture. I have to cut my website designer. How do I build a website? Like I spent thousands of hours yep. doing it wrong. <laughs> and teaching myself so right now i am i am the guy that takes my pictures i am the guy that runs my website so anyway self-reliance is, is never been more important than it is right now to be operating lean and mean and taking things in-house as much as you can dude awesome freaking awesome um i wanted to talk to you about because you obviously you have a uh a drive a self-motivation that you know is not you don't see it very often. People fake it, you know, on, on the internet and whatnot, but you live it. Um, and I know you talk about your uncle, your uncle Shorty. Um, th- would you attribute some of that to his influence when you were younger or anywhere else? Who do you attribute that to? You know, or what? Man, honestly, it's just, it's just in my blood. I, I, I wish I could tell you, you know, a lot of people show how hard they grind and talk about grinding. I do most of my work alone in the dark. I don't really let people know what we're doing just because I don't think it's anything special. You know, we're probably logging right now, 110, 120 hours a week. Yeah. I'm working. Honestly, I started working at six 30 in the morning and I worked about one 2 AM. Wow. Uh, this past couple of months, I've been in the gym, like maybe once or twice a week. Oh yeah. Get the meals. I come downstairs, grab four hard boiled eggs and a couple of tablespoons of peanut butter. And I'm back up shipping. You know, we grew uh, in the last 90 days, we grew 1000%. And wasn't really prepared with any kind of infrastructure. So here was my plan. That's awesome. Work fucking harder, work faster, and sleep less. And whatever mattered to me when I was small matters to me when I'm getting larger. Like, And what I mean by that is the same next day shipping, personal handwritten thank you cards. Everyone's like, how are you going to scale that? You know, it's not scalable. Well, 
right now it is. And I think people think because we ship so fast and we're so hands-on and we give the handwritten letters of gratitude that we're sitting around waiting for orders to come in when, you know, <laughs> we can hardly keep up. That's why I have my first girl because I'm bringing in a couple thousand shirts a week That's trying awesome. to hold them. And awesome. I, I just had to let that piece go. So it was great. Now I'm feeding one one mouth, uh, you know, putting money in her pocket to help her survive. And that's awesome. That Feels is good. awesome. Dude, that is so freaking cool. <clears throat> Another thing I wanted to get into, Tim, you talked, you made a post about your son that fought, you let him fight some older kid. How did that situation go? Because I got a little boy and I let him handle his business on the playground a lot. And, you know, when he falls, I don't pick him up, you know, shit like that. But tell me about this story. Yeah, you, you know, uh, you learn a lot through pain. Yeah, no, uh, you learn a lot through pain and defeat. And uh, I'm that guy that walks into school, and I'm just like, man, these parents probably don't like me. You know, I'm the tattoo guy that rolls up in an old international scout. I love that and, car, you know, <laughs> dressed in, <laughs> Thank you, man. Dressed in jeans and boots or whatever I'm wearing. And uh, probably like, you know, we go to private school. I, I pay for my son to go to private school. And yeah. They're probably like, who have to trash him. But it's cool. I don't really worry about stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, there's a playground across the street after, and after school. You know, he's in first grade. And uh, there's a third grader. And, dude, this kid just – they're playing at the playground. And this every – Diesel's not even playing with this kid. And this kid keeps grabbing Diesel by his jacket, the neck of his – like the hood of his jacket, swinging him, flinging him to the ground. Really? And, you know, we had taken wrestling lessons. I taught him to box. I think the role of a father – to teach your son how to fight. So we work the mitts every night. We do some ground and pound. We do some wrestling. Awesome. We do some scenarios. Awesome. And uh, this older kid, you know, kept knocking him to the ground. And I let it go on three or four times. And I called my son over. I'm like, yo, come here, dude. He's like, why are you letting that kid knock you to the ground? Why, why, why is that okay? He's like, I don't know. I said, do you like it? He said, no. I said, cool. Well, we never start fights, Diesel, but we finish them. So next time that that kid knocks you, tries to knock you down, you do a double leg takedown, just like we learned in wrestling, knock his ass to the ground, then let him back up, and then walk, and walk away. And uh, sure as shit, you know, this kid came for my son. My son took him right down to the knees, That's awesome. mounted him. That's I was awesome. Like, All right, D, let him up, let him up. And uh, this happened like three or four times. And the best part, this kid goes, Why is a third grader getting beat by a first grader? <laughs> and, uh, you know, Afterwards, I took my son for ice cream. I was like, yo, brother, let's go get some ice cream. I love it. So we talked about it. I, I said, listen, man, I'm real proud of you. You stood up for yourself. I don't care if you ever get in trouble at school for standing up for yourself. You did what was right. And uh, But the cool, here's the best part, and I, I missed this. Go ahead. Wrestling was work for my son. He liked it, but giving structure to a five, six-year-old is tough. It is. And the repetition of double leg takedowns. I could tell he it's didn't const- really, yeah. I could tell he was kind of doing it for me, to be honest with you. And I, I'm really careful not to push my kid too hard to fulfill what matters to me. So I let it be more fun than work toward the end of wrestling. But dude, when he took that kid down and he mounted him, that's, oh my God, the lights came on. His face was like, holy shit. Everything that my dad taught me just worked. And I just won. Wow. Here's the other great part. Wow. The, the boy, the third grader, his grandmom came over to me, and she's like, thank you. She goes, my, wow. son's a bit of, my grandson's a bit of a bully. I really appreciate that. You know, I saw the mother the next day or two, and she didn't really look too happy with me. I could tell she was a little wow. hurt. But the grandmom literally came over. She thanked me, and she said it was great to see, and he needed to be put in his place. And I was like, fuck yeah, you're the kind of grandma that needs to be in his life too. So it's kind of cool that she was she endorsed it. Now the other parents on the playground <laughs> – 
their jaws <laughs> dropped a little bit. They weren't too keen on this violence because, oh, oh my God, crazy. violence. Sorry, man. No, man. Sometimes violence does stop violence, right? It does, man. And you you probably, you, you and your son saved that kid a, probably a lifetime of grief because who knows when that would have happened to him later in life, you know, if it ever, if it ever would happen to <laughs> you, him, you know? Well, you know what? They're buddies now, and it's taken on a submissive role. Now he sees my son, he says, hi, Diesel, and now they're buddies. And basically it's become, you know, my son's alpha, he's the omega. My son doesn't want to be alpha, he doesn't try to be alpha, but he's he is now subservient to my son. He now puts my son in a class above him as far as social ranking that this kid, he kicked my ass, yep. and now he greets my son, and he's very respectful to my son. And uh, Diesel doesn't understand this. He just says the kid's my friend now. Well, the kid's his friend now. He doesn't see it, yeah. the kid bows down to him because he got put in his place. And now, you know, if you can't beat the bully, I mean, if you can't beat the kid up, you become friends with him. It's kind of saving face, you know? That so, is so freaking awesome. Anyway, that's a, it was good to see. That's a huge yeah. lesson. That goes further, like, on so many levels. That is so awesome, dude. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I appreciate it, Damn. man. That's, uh, it was great to see, you know, something that one of my good moments in life. Yeah, and I see that you're not afraid to be uh, to teach your son how to be a man and to be masculine, and it's okay, you know, to have that sort of You know, of when I was going to be here, man, tomorrow's not guaranteed. I mean, I'm 43 years old. You know, I've lived a hard life. You know, I mean, will I be here another five years, 20 years? I don't know, but it's my duty and responsibility to make my boy a man. Yeah. And same with my daughter. <laughs> you can bet your ass that, you know, I started boxing with my daughter. My wife's like, She's three years old. You can't teach her. She's going to go hit everybody in daycare. So, you know, it had to be put on the back burner until she learns not to go in there and poke people in the eye. That's funny. But uh, I have zero plans in cha- raising my boy and my and my girl any different. You know, she goes out back. We shoot the BB gun. Um, I really am going to teach her the same things, man. There's, I don't really think there's a differentiation of sexes and how they should be raised. I'm, you know, in fact, my little girl is way more sassy. And, and way more, she's got a mean streak, man. She's like her daddy. She's got that <laughs> aggressive, sassy, you know. My son's like my wife. Very kind-hearted, sweet, sensitive. My daughter's like, man, I will run right through you if I have to. That's so awesome. It's, it's funny to see the difference. No, yeah. little girls are like that, man. We have a gym out here, and we coach kids as well. And little girls are fearless. Freaking fearless, dude. Like, they... Yeah. I mean, my son's always like, I don't want to jump off this. That might fall and hit my head. <laughs> my daughter's like diving <laughs> off the roof. Like, I'm like, oh, man, you know, my wife's like the poor boys in the future. She's, she won't be in, the, in their car while they drive fast. She'd be driving fast and telling the boys they better hang on. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's you know, but that's, that's, that's our role, man. Our role of fathers is prepare our kids for life. And, you know, even a lot of things that happen, my wife doesn't get it. She understands. She's like, you're making him a man. I don't like to see it. Like, it's real. you know, I've left him on the ground crying. Man. I remember, you know, I teach him how to how to shoot guns, you know, mostly BB guns and, and Nerf guns. And I taught him, you know, we play this game called a human hunt. And yeah. we basically, I teach him how to, how to hunt humans. Obviously, like, <laughs> not really hunting humans. No, I don't. We call it tactical Nerf wars. I love it. And, um, you know, we go around and we try to take each other out. And, you know, I let him win once in a while. But, man, one time I just gunned them, outgunned them 10 to nothing. He was on the floor screaming and crying, having a meltdown because he lost. Yeah. My wife went to call him. I was like, baby, don't you dare. Let him on the floor. Let him cry. Let him suffer. Let him hate this feeling. I want him to taste it, live it, feel it, and know it. And he's going to suffer through it. So he cried on the floor for a few minutes. When he got his composure again, I pulled him aside. I said, how did it feel to lose? He 
said, not good. I said, how did it taste? He said, not good. I said, remember this moment. Remember how much it sucks. This is why we work hard so we don't have these moments. And losing's okay. But I said, I wanted you to feel it and live it and hate it, and we'll work harder again. We're going to talk to you about why you lost. You know, you buried yourself in corners. You, weren't, you didn't have an escape route. We're going to make you better so you don't have to lose again. And if you do lose again, it's okay. Yeah. And he's like, okay, Daddy, I'll work harder because I don't want to lose. And boom, he gets it at six years old. Don't want to lose? Work fucking harder. Damn, man. That what is better so awesome. What life lesson is there? Don't want to lose? Work harder, you know? No, and it's that's, true. That's the school of life that we subscribe to. Absolutely, man. And, you know, as parents, I've seen it growing up that there's parents that their kids are friends with them. And, yeah, I believe in being friends with your kids, but the, the parent role comes first. And being the person that is going to lay down the law and teach the lessons, it's got to be the dads. I mean, the moms too, yeah, but I think as a dad, it, it's, it's a little more so in a sense. But the mom's got to be on the same page as well. Like you said, your wife, she's like, leave him alone, and you take care of it, you know? It's yeah, we both got roles to fill. You know, I can tell it kills my wife to, to see him in pain. And, uh, you know, and honestly, man, I probably, she's probably more even keeled. I think she gives him more consistency. I, I will be his best buddy. I mean, we'll run around, we'll have pickle wars, we'll go ride the four wheelers, and we'll go shoot guns, and we'll go get candy and Pokemon cards and all that shit. Yeah. My wife's like, man, you spoil this kid. But I tell you what, man, I'm the same person ripping his head off when he steps out of line. And, uh, yeah. You know, and I can hear it, like the way he pushes her around a little bit and pushes her buttons and like asks her something five times and just pesters the shit out of her. Yep. With me, it's a much different role. It's very much like, okay, dad, like what I say goes. So it's like I've taught him much more discipline and he acts very differently. But I'm sure that's the same way with boys and their fathers. I mean, all of us fathers are scary to their sons at some point, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. It is true, man. You have any help down there as far as like family or anything or where you're at? You know, um, not, not really. I no. didn't really grow up in a big family knit community. I think that's why I va- value family so much. A-, a lot of people have this excuse in life. Like I didn't have this in life. So I turned out this way. I feel the opposite. When you don't have something you so need and crave and desire that gives you the same ability to do it even better. I didn't really come from a, amazing family or a big happy life so i was like you know what it's cool i kind of wrote my family off when i was young and said you know i've kind of went my own way for a very very long time and i knew one day i'd build a great family so i have no family in north carolina i just moved down here because i want to live by the beach but um not a whole lot of reliance on anybody but man the moment you start relying on somebody else yeah is when you set yourself up for disappointment so no it's just it's just us. Um, awesome. I think, her, you know, her parish are close, but they have the, they're, they're very active and they have the rule that when we leave, the kids leave, which is fine with us. That's awesome, man. That is cool. I'm going to switch gears a little bit. I wanted to talk to you about uh, also um, your favorite cigar. Because the other day you made a post and you posted this, I think it's uh, La Routine Cigars, because I love cigars. And yeah, yeah, I smoke true estates, man. True estates estates are my jam, dude. I gotta try that, yeah, because I've had, I had the what is it, yeah, Drew Estates, yeah, I know what those are. So, but the 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 La Routine, that's like a a different uh type of cigar that they make, Drew Estates, because they make a few different types, right? They do, they do, you know. I'm not a, I'm not a do it because everyone else is doing it thing. I've had a few people give me Cubans, and I'm like, man, these taste so rich and they make me sick. Um, 
I'm a big coffee fanatic. I drink nitro cold brew. <laughs> I like it's going out of style. I saw, that. I saw that. I love makes, nitro cold brew. Yeah, dude, I love, man. I'm at like a thousand milligrams to get my day started. It's, it's not good. I'm <laughs> but, looking like what's stronger than coffee, but what's more socially acceptable than snorting white lines. You know what I mean? And, uh, but uh, Drew Estates makes, uh, it's called, the ones you saw that I posted, those are called dirt torpedoes. And I get a lot of people like, hey, what's a good entry level cigar? You know, I, Kind of a weird question because if you don't smoke cigars, you probably don't need to start. But if you're looking for, you know, something to enjoy while you're at a barbecue, you know, dirt torpedoes is what you saw. Yeah. Um, and then they've got some Javas. Those are the coffee ones. And, you know, here's my deal. If you only smoke cigars when other friends are around, you don't like cigars. No. If you sit up back, make a fire, collect your thoughts, smoke a cigar, you like cigars. Absolutely. And uh, I like cigars. That's yep. my that's my two two vices. It used to be women. Now my two vices in life are coffee and cigars. <laughs> I think everybody's vice was women at one point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hopefully once you're married, it doesn't become a vice exactly. anymore. Only your wife is your vice. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, you know, oh, and rum. I like my rum. Yes. I like my cigars, and I like my coffee. Oh, wait. Wait. Another thing that you said, dude, when you said to your son, he's like, Daddy, what do you really like? And you said, <laughs> you said... Feeding my family, having a full belly. You said that. And then you also said wrestling with mommy naked. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh that's happened a few times because, yeah, my son asked me, uh, you know, me, he was really big into Pokemon cards and he wanted to know what I was into. I was like paying the mortgage home. That's what I'm into. But yeah, you know, the wrestling <laughs> mommy naked. I mean, dude, he was like four years old and he walked in on mommy and I one day. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, she quit through the blankets on top of us. He's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, naked wrestling. So he jumps <laughs> on top of us. And I'm like, oh, man, if you only knew that, like, we're literally in the middle of things. Oh, and he just jumps on top of mom and dad. But, uh, you know, I figured, ah, fuck it. He'll figure it out in therapy when he's 18. He'll exactly. go through all these weird feelings. But, uh, oh my you know, such is life, man. That's real life. That's just real life, man, you know? It is. It really is. Oh, how many cars you got, man? Because that scout is so badass. What else you got? You know, I change scout. I change cars pretty often. Um, right now, I'm on my fourth Hummer. I love H2s. They're getting old. They're getting beat up. I'm getting ready to. I was actually getting ready to get a new car, and then this whole coronavirus came out. Uh, but that scout, I got a '77 International Scout. I've had that since 2005. Oh, I slowly built it. You know, people knock on my door thinking it's just broken down in the garage that I want to get rid of it. People leave notes on it, like, really? it's never for sale. I told my son, yeah, that, that Scout, man, I've had for 15 years. I've built it. I've had some people do other things that were above my pay grade. Um, it's the memories, man. You know, like, I don't really have any interest in, in flashy things. I, I buy things that speak to my soul, and I buy things that are part of the family. You know, I worked my ass off to build a house and put a pool in the backyard because that's family moments, you know? I don't yeah. care about rolexes and shoes nothing there's anything wrong with that no no but like our our scout our scouts family time like we brought a christmas tree home every year since 2010 in that tree i mean sorry in that scout we yeah. go we bundle up we get hot chocolate we put blankets on we go bring home a christmas tree in that scout we go to the beach almost every day that's 10 minutes away on the drive on four by four beach so dude that scout has so many memories i mean the the family moments the dogs that have died that, you know, used to bark and whine and cry when that engine started. Like, there's just some <laughs> things you can't you can't put a price tag on. I mean, it's, it'll be worth more to me than anybody could ever possibly pay 
So I've told my son, you know, remember everything we've done in this scout because one day you have a family. And I hope, I hope, I hope, I beg that you'll want to do the same things that I did with this scout with your kids. And he gets it, man. Like the scout is sacred. Wow. Dude, everything you say, man, hits home. It really does. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm really, and I'm really glad that you're, you're on, you came on the show, man. It means a lot. It really does. You're uh, you're a special person. I don't know you. This is the first time we ever spoke, you know, but man, I reached out to you and you, and you, uh, you fired back, man. I really appreciate it. And you could see, you know, it would be a better world if everybody was the same way they are on social media would be the same way they were with real life. And it would be a better world if people took the same time to put the messages out to the masses, if they put that same effort into the one-on-one, that's just the, the, the disappointment I have with a lot of people. They have these great messages and this great facade and they write these great posts about this and that. And you reach out to them and you get like a one word answer or you, they, they don't answer you, you know, and then I'm just like, man, you're not real. Yeah. You're, you're just trying to sell something. You're trying to be an image. Like, I try to answer everybody back because who am I? I'm just a dude that sells T-shirts, you know? I'm nobody special. I'm yeah. just a man. Provide the first family. So, uh, you know, I'm, anybody that wants to talk, I'm, I'm down. Dude. Whether or not you buy something, I don't really care. <laughs> no, but I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to put the message out and on, on the show and to my, my friends at my gym, to the guys I work with at the fire department, because um, what you're all about is pretty awesome. Um. I wanted to talk to you about your training. I mean, when you do train, when you do have the time to train, how often are you doing it? When you're when you're hitting it hard, you know, when business is not getting in the way, you know, which I'm sure it does all the time. Uh, Monday through Friday. Yeah. One of the joys of this new career, you know, my old career with gold, I lived in hotels Monday through Friday. And I just wanted to be with my family. So, you know, I wake up every day, I drive my son to school. Yeah. And I'm at the gym at 8 a.m. You know, I get my first meal in, I'm at the gym at 8 o'clock. I do what I can with, with what's left of my body. Everything's pretty <laughs> tore up. You know, I've had multiple surgeries, need multiple, multiple more. Really? Um, shoulders, elbows, hips, knees, all that stuff, um, lower back. Um, so my focus has changed. You know, I don't have such a work mindset. I have more of a going to catch a pump, move some blood around, keep things bubbly and full, more so than going there and, you know, be able to do the, the heavy lifts I used to, man. I've just... I, started bodybuilding at age 18 i'm 43 and i often tell people man i've lost more size than most people will ever gain and uh <laughs> you know trying to settle to a point where i can just continue just to hold where i'm at well, dude, that's, that's my goal you're right not now. a small guy where are you at now it's height and weight uh right now i'm 511 and i'm 220 but you know at my peak i was 255 511 220 um and shit yeah 5'11", 220 right now but you know my 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 peak was was you know obviously five eleven yeah. so I haven't gotten a taller shorter but uh, <laughs> I was up to about two fifty five and that was uh, a fairly lean with abs two fifty five unfortunately oh, it was shit. a hard unhealthy two fifty five and my body just can't take that anymore no absolutely everything hurts yeah everything hurts man I mean I wake up today every day and take prescription anti inflammatories if not I mean I'm just walking around like. I got run over by a truck. Everything just hurts, man. Oh, so man. If I had one piece of advice to give them, uh, you younger guys, you don't need to go so damn heavy and tear your body apart. I mean, I started bodybuilding in Pittsburgh, PA. Yeah. And it was like, we just went as heavy as we could. I mean, just double, triple singles, you know, didn't yeah. matter, behind the neck shit. And uh, I literally have torn my body apart to the point where it's just, everything hurts. So yeah. I, I wish I didn't do that. I, I mean... I could have grown, you know, 
I could have grown probably just as big doing it the right way versus just trashing my body. I see these guys on Instagram doing this insanely heavy shit, and I was like, okay, you know, yeah. I'll see you in 10 years when you're walking around like I am with a bad hip, bad elbow, bad shoulder, bad low back, couple of successful surgeries. It's, it's, no shit. Uh, it's quite the price to pay. Yeah. You, you ever tried taking CBD oil at all? I have. It's just it's done nothing. Yeah. I, I don't feel it. I, I I I wish it worked. I'm sure for some people it does. Well, you're probably um, too far gone. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's like, you you know, know, cryotherapy is amazing. I think cryotherapy is amazing. Yeah. Um, I've had some good procedures like PRP. You know, injections, protein-rich platelets, where they put your plasma yes. in your joints. That's been great. Um, but honestly, for me. Cryotherapy is uh, amazing. Sometimes when I'm hurting, I'll jump in my pool for 10 minutes and suffer through it. And yeah. um, that's about the best thing I can suggest for anybody. Yeah, you ever tr- you ever hear about this? Is the stem cell similar to what you're talking about, that stem cell injection? Yeah, stem cells are a little bit of a degree above it. Stem cell, you know, they weren't doing that in the U.S. for a long time. It was very pricey. You were having to go abroad to do yeah, that. Yeah, doing it in Colombia. PRP, it's called... Yeah, yeah, you got to stay there for seven days or ten days. It's like ten thousand dollars, and oh, so you know, uh, PRP is where they. Yeah, I looked into it. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> uh, yeah, PRP. They spin. You know, they pull out thirty cc's of your own blood. They spin it through a plasma machine. You know how you always go to those donate plasma centers. Well, they spin out around thirty cc's of your blood. Pull out two or three uh, cc's of your own plasma, and then they inject it into your joint. And that plasma rich, that protein rich platelet helps to heal your joints. So if you have tendonitis or, you know, partial ruptures of tendons in your elbow, like tricep tendons, um, inflammation, that PRP will bring down the inflammation so your body can heal itself. That's awesome. No shit. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's pretty expensive too. You know, a couple hundred bucks and your ortho can do it. It's been been huge. Yeah, of course. Come on now. Um, So what do you got going on the rest of the day? What you got, what you going to do? Working, working, ship, I'm shipping everyone. Uh, you know, it's a tough time right now with the economy. I'm really grateful. People are still putting in some orders, yeah. uh, supporting us. A, a lot of businesses have closed, horrific, horrific things going on. And uh, a lot of people are looking to be able to get shorts to wear around the house and malls are closed. So we're doing our best we can to ship people as fast as we can, throwing some free stickers, throwing some free items. And um, honestly, man, I, I'm a homebody. So yeah. I'm, in, I'm in my glory. My family's home. We're all working best we can. So uh, work, work, work. Play, play with the family. Work some more. Pour myself a rum tonight. Work some more and go to bed. Awesome, man. Tim, um, again, I thank you like ten times already. I can't thank you enough for doing this. And I'm gonna let you go and be with your family and get to work. <laughs> but uh, it means a lot, man. I I will hope to keep in touch with you, and um, you know through whatever. Text, whatever, man. I would really love to keep in touch with you because uh, you're a real special person, and I appreciate your message. And I'm sure everybody that's going to find out about you through through me, uh, they're going to appreciate your message as well, man. And you're proof that that if you have a dream, shit can get done. You really are, man. So thank you. I appreciate it, man. we got a long road to go. But, uh, you know, that's, that's the process, man. Learn to love the journey more than the destination, and life will become real fulfilling. If you're doing it to get to the end result, you always be looking for what's next, and I, I, I was, I've been guilty of that destination happiness for a long time. Fall in love with the journey, enjoy the process. That's where, that's where all the satisfaction is. It is, man. Fuck, Tim. Thank you so much, man. I'll let you go, and I'm gonna keep in touch with you. I'm gonna shoot you a text in a little bit. I want to ask you a question, but man, thank you 
again, and I'll talk to you soon. It sounds like you guys are doing good, so you just keep hanging in there, kicking ass. Thank you for everything. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. See you, Tim. Damn, that was an awesome conversation. That guy's fucking awesome. I'm very grateful that uh, he came on the show. And uh, it's the Grind Athletics. You can find him on Instagram at Grind Athletics. Uh, I ordered a shirt from him recently, and I'm looking forward to it. It's coming in the mail. I ordered it, like, I think Saturday night. It shipped on Sunday. That guy, everything that guy says is the truth. It's It's pretty cool. And that's... It's cool because most of the people in my life that um that I that I associate with they the, have the same personality and I'm pretty grateful for that cuz that's the people that I seek out and this guy is a busy dude as you could hear and he he offered to be on the show. I asked him to be on the show and he he agreed and it was pretty awesome that he set aside almost an hour of his time to be on the show. With that being said, man, let's get through these ads. Oh, my God. I just hit that on accident. I hit both of them on accident. Jesus. Sorry. Oh, okay. The podcast is brought to you by Atomic Training and Performance. We are closed right now because of the coronavirus, but, man, we're the authority in South Florida for obstacle-based strength and conditioning and sports performance. If you are looking to get in the best condition of your life, train for an obstacle race such as Spartan Race and for Ninja Warrior with over 50 obstacles and counting, Atomic Training and Performance is for you. We also specialize in kids 5 and up and first responders. Led by HUD coach and founder Coach Casey, also led by me. I'm her husband. We found it together. (laughs) Coach Casey, a Spartan SCX Level 2 Master Coach. Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist, and a Bachelor in Exercise Science. You can find us on ATPObstacleGym.com to sign up for a first-time free class, and on Instagram at ATP underscore Obstacle Gym. We are not open right now because we are closed for the mandatory closures of gyms and other non-essential businesses, which I wouldn't say we're non-essential, but businesses that can possibly transmit the coronavirus. So... We're all hanging in there, man. We're all in this together, and that's the beauty of this, of this bullshit that's going on, because we're all in it together. The podcast is also brought to you by The Thin Line Concept. The Thin Line Concept specializes in laser engraving on anything from tumbler cups, wallets, and plaques. They also create PVC patches for any type of logos from fire stations to marketing. At The Thin Line Concept, quality is never compromised, created by firefighters for everyone. Find them on Instagram at The Thin Line Concept. Or you can email them at thinlineconcepts, with an S at the end, at outlook.com. Other than that, man, we're done for the day. Uh, It was a short and sweet podcast. Tim gets to the point. Tim Banford, that's the owner of Grind Athletics, he gets to the point and speaks his mind very clearly. So definitely appreciative of that. And um, appreciative, not appreciative. That's not a word. Um, so anyway, everybody, thank you for listening. Hope this fine, this, uh, podcast, uh, brings a little bit of joy to your life and I hope you guys have a good time listening to it and I hope you guys are still getting it, getting shit done and trucking along. Whether you lost your job, you're creating a job, 
you can see the opportunities and the silver lining in this situation. I know there is for everybody. And everybody's going to get through it. We will. We're all in it together. Let's keep kicking some ass. Let's stay away from each other. So we don't breathe on each other with your hot breath. Um, brush your teeth, fuckers, and wash your hands. And don't breathe on anybody. Everybody, thank you so much. And I will talk to everybody soon. Take care.